This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the shows such as the Goatheads Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast. We cover Bills, Sabres, and more, with more shows on the way very soon. And the Cast Source Podcast Network covers many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Featuring the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, Trivia, and more of the Buffalodian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. Dom, no free brand deals here. Come on, you got you to tape up the Snapple logo. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And fellas, it's a big Bills day today on this fine Wednesday. We're going we're gonna to run through some afterthoughts from the draft. The Bills also picked up some extras coming up these past couple of days. So uh, let, let's, let's, let's roll right into it. The Murray and Ford have been signed, and let's just go over the draft results as a whole first before we really delve into that. I mean, we received an A minus, I want to say, overall by PFF. Um, is A minus correct, or am I thinking? I think wrong? they might have gotten A. An A. I, yeah, I mean, there's some. There's been a. There's always kind of a wide range, but I think it's been consensus that it's been it was a it was an above average draft. I think the athletic had them at nine, so like it's a fringe top ten class. Yeah, so I mean, f- drafting Kincaid first overall. I mean, let's let's unpack that because the other night when we did the draft special, we didn't really we didn't get Mike got Mike got upset, and I I want to know I want to I want to know more. So Mike. If you want to take us through your thoughts on the Bills picking Dalton Kincaid first, first, well, the, their first overall pick, what would you, uh, what would you say? No, I'll just say like at the time I was like, well, why would we take a tight end when we don't even use Dawson Knox? But like now that it's like a week later, like you know, I'm I actually like it because like they're comparing him to like he has some Kelsey in him, and we see like all these top teams like they have a good um, tight end that they're able to utilize. So like. Um, I feel like now if we can, in, um, incorporate like a two tight end set between him and Knox, like maybe one of them's in the slot or something. Cause we haven't had a real slot receiver since Beasley left the first time. Um, I could actually be successful. I know Josh was like, they said blowing up Brandon Bean's phone mm-hmm. on the draft night with excitement when they got Kincaid. So like, yeah, in the moment I was a little salty, I'll be honest, but <laughs> Like looking back, like is it's actually a solid pick, and I'm actually like uh, happy for it because I think he can actually be incorporated well and be productive. Yeah, I think I think for me it was more of tight end bias. Like I was so like anti tight end throughout the entire process. Like I was like I don't think they should take one. It would really impact my like grading about it. But then I think doing more research on Kincaid, he's more. 
he's a tight end, but he has a lot of wide receiver traits, a lot of slot receiver traits. So I think that's interesting. And I also think like one of the biggest criticisms I had was how are they going to utilize him? But I got to be honest, like it's not a hundred percent, like a fair criticism on the player and the pick per se, because I mean, if they would have picked Josh Downs, I would have said they probably, I would have, I probably wouldn't have brought up the fact that they would have going to underutilize him. But the fact is, any offensive position player they were going to take throughout the draft process, I think one of the criticisms is going to be is how Ken Dorsey is going to use them. I think that's, I, I don't know. I just think that I would be picking scared at that point. So I, I, I don't think that's a great argument to combat the the Kincaid pick now. So I like it a, a lot more than I did uh, originally, and I liked it originally, but I, I, I enjoyed the ideas of what it could potentially mean for the Bills' offense. Yeah, I mean, like like you guys mentioned, the Kelsey in him could could emerge, and um, you know, we're talking slot receiver. I mean, he could very well be our big slot guy. You know what I mean? He's he's got he's got stick him on his gloves. He can he's he's he he's performed very well through college just as a receiving tight end. And if you can actually use him and Dawson Knox, I mean, I think that's the key here. I think I truthfully, if Dorsey really incorporates them into the scheme this pick is gonna be one of the ones and just seeing jerry jones pound his fist on the table uh when we jumped over him i think that was good enough in itself as well i saw that after the fact didn't see that i think i was more my mouth was just kind of open during the draft and just kind of like thinking for a minute you know what i mean because like i was not as much as i said tight end i was not expecting them to actually pick a tight end but no i think i think kincaid was a good pick and now let's move to the second pick my guy, Osiris Torrance, the Florida Gator, the little, the little chomp chomp. I, uh, I know I, th- this guy, I was so excited to draft. He's just big muscle. He's got fast feet. Like this is what we need on the offensive line. And we now, I, I, I mean, Josh Allen had to have been smiling for this one too. As soon as we see I, this offensive line is we even got, uh, we'll talk later, but we, um, we drafted another lineman, I believe. So, um, this is just another pick that helps the Bills offense. I mean, look at the Bengals game, the playoff game. That's where we saw the biggest offensive line holes. We couldn't do anything. Josh had less than a half second to even think. So I think that was the big consensus going into the offseason was, okay, we need protection. And this guy's 330 pounds of absolute just muscle that's going to, I mean, 1,500 snaps and one quarterback hit. Like you got to be kidding me! Like what? A, what a record on that! So I, I'm more than happy with Osiris Torrance. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, like I think, you know, he was mocked like to us in the first round. He fell to us in the second round. Like that's yeah. pretty good. Um, like I think he could be a, definitely a day one starter because what? Who else is our guards? Like Ike Bacher, Ryan Bates. Like he could he could easily jump any one of them and be a starter. Um, who's the one we picked up? We, we, we got one in free agency. Um, McGovern, McGovern, Connor McGovern. Yeah. yeah. But and David Edwards, I've cashed. You always. Oh yeah. And David Edwards, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's just a, um, a nice guard to have. I mean, like we knew we had offensive line issues throughout the season. And I think he maybe solidifies that middle a little bit. Yeah, I like the pick. I mean, I think the values there, I think that's like a top 30, 35 guy that you get at the end of the second round. 
I do think it's interesting that the, the you know, I, I think with this draft and I guess this offseason in general, you're seeing a shift in philosophy in both sides of the ball. Like o- Osiris Torrance isn't like a dude that's like a super athlete that's kind of a small twitchy guard that they kind of like. He's a big boy. He's going to be hard to move. I think he's he's kind of the guy that they thought, you know, maybe Roger Saffold was going to bring maybe a little <laughs> bit more of a guy that could move. He'd still be good in the pass protection, as you said, Joe, some of his – you know, college stats are pretty insane, but be able to move people in the run game that they've missed. I, I do think he's going to be a day one starter. I think him and McGovern will probably be the guard spots, and Bates will kind of be that center guard backup. Um, and I think I think every I mean you can't after this offseason say they have not invested around Josh Allen. I mean, seeing that they drafted Kincaid in the first round, Torrance now they signed the what the biggest deal that they did in free agency they signed to a guard. Uh, they added Deontay Hardy, so I, I think I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. So I think the Bills have made very smart moves, and and Damian Harris. I mean, they made very smart moves in upgrading in certain spots. It's not like they made big moves, but they, I mean, Damian Harris, I think, is comparable to Singletary. I think Hardy, honestly, is a better fit for the role of McKenzie was supposed to be. You think Shakir is going to take that next step? You think Gabe's going to take that next step in year two on the offense? Kincaid is a better tight end too than Quinton Morris. So, and then the I think all both guards that they they signed in a Torrance that they drafted are better than the two guards they had at the end of the year. It's just the biggest thing for this offense after the draft is right tackle is not been addressed really at all. I mean, they signed Questenberry again. You have Spencer Brown. I mean. I guess we should start listening maybe more attention to their press conferences because they were big on Spencer Brown even at the end of last year. But I don't know. I just think that's a huge gamble to kind of have Spencer Brown be your right tackle going into next year. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think he was in a sophomore slump. I think that's the the term I've heard used quite a bit. But I don't I don't necessarily I, I'm walking on eggshells, I guess, to have him kind of stick around and whatnot. But I guess we'll have to see because that's where we saw a lot of pressure coming in. And there, there's Spencer Brown with the, the beer can. Look at that. I mean, got fined for it. What a fantastic picture! Sorry for the ruckus of uh, noise. There's in a drawer. Hmm. No, it's okay. Yeah, that, that's level of respect. Yeah. I mean, because in year one he was a raw prospect, kind of expected that he would struggle. Year two, he didn't have really have an offseason because he had back surgery. So I. I would assume that the Bills believe with a full offseason, you could kind of have that year three jump that, you know, I mean, he has the tools kind of like Allen did. So maybe he has the ability to take that year three jump and be a, a, an above average right tackle. But I'm um, sorry, I'm not going to be optimistic. I'm going to be pretty pessimistic about, about the chances of that happening. All right. So now we move to round three, the third overall pick, or third, Bills' third overall pick, not the third overall pick. Number 91, Dorian Williams, linebacker. He's a undersized, explosive, speedy linebacker, and clearly a linebacker is a need coming off of the loss of Tremaine Edmonds. Um, I mean, I I like this. It was the one defensive pick, I want to say. Was there another one? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, uh, there was. Pick. What'd you say? The sixth pick, the last pick, right? Yeah. So I think it's I think it's a good move, and anyone that that, uh, that goes to show anybody who can complain about how the Bills never draft offense can just sit down because uh, Brandon Bean put together a pretty nice offensive draft. But back to Williams, 
I mean, he's um, he's going to be – I don't know if he's a day – like, I think you can mix him in. Like, but I don't know if he can start day one. He had more than 130 tackles last season. I mean, he's just – if you put him with Matt Milano, I mean, anyone with Matt Milano, I feel like you're bound to, you know, have some growth happen. But he's he's more of the undersized speedy linebacker from what I can tell. But he, he kind of he rocks the backfield. I mean, he's quick. So, I mean – I like I mean, him. He's undersized compared to Tremaine, who's a monster, but compared to like other elite middle linebackers, he's actually kind of like Raekwon Smith's size. So it's not like yeah. he's super undersized. Uh, I, again, as I said about the offense, you know, changing philosophies, I think you see it with the defense. I think Bean was on a podcast the other day and he was talking about how, you know, for the mic position, they wanted the guy that just shift from Tremaine to a guy that can maybe get off blocks a little better. You know, be more impactful in the run game, and then you know one of the weaknesses that Bean was talking about was sometimes when Tremaine got on like the shifty slot guys, and you're gonna see that a lot in the NFL. Is like teams love the those shifty slot guys that could get open four yards and then run five yards for yak and get close yeah. down yardage. I did think Tremaine struggled a little bit with that, so I think they want a guy maybe a little bit more smaller so it's easier for them to manage through blocks because i think that was the problem with tremaine is that he's so huge that it's kind of hard for a six foot five dude to shoot the gap but like the small gap but if you're six one it's a lot easier to shoot the gap so i think that's what they're looking for i don't know if he's the answer day one at mike i think i think there's a real chance you see terrell bernard now the, the way they're talking about the mike position how they're kind of changing philosophies i kind of with the taylor rap signing i mean they're just I, I'm excited for the defense because I think the defense is going to change so much from last year to this year, where I think the offense, like, I think we're just going to see Dorsey Staples take over more over Dables. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot, kind of like what you just said, like he's going to be probably not a day one starter, but I want to say I saw something where they would put him in, they would practice him on inside and outside. Maybe I'm making that up, but I thought I saw that. No, somewhere. he said he said that he has. They told him to study both Mike and Will. I want to say. Yeah, so I don't know. I think it'd be good to do that. I know McDermott loves those versatile players, whether it's on defense or his offensive line or wherever. Really, um, I think he could develop. It seems like just to me, there's something about him that he could develop into a solid linebacker. Um, but like I said, I don't think he's a day one starter. I. Honestly, if I had to pick one right now, I'd say it's probably Tyrell Dodson. Damn. Just because he has okay. the if you went to if you went to a different school than the school he went to, you saying that? Uh yeah, because he actually has starts for Edmonds he last year. He was so bad last year though. They well, benched that's him for what, That's what I'm saying, okay? That's what I said. But um, and your opinion is valued here at the Buffalo Nation podcast, Mike. <laughs> even even if it may be a little steamy, it is valued. Anyway, <laughs> I, just, I feel like by the end of the year, he can be a solid starting linebacker for this team. Um, I'll be, I don't know like much about like his tape and all that. Like, I, I'm sorry, I don't watch Tulane football, but um, I don't know. I just feel like there's something about him. I'm getting like um, the Matias Samuelson vibe. Oh, god, that I said, well, but, Matias Samuelson was a second round pick, so. Oh, wow. Second-round pick and a third-round pick. Honestly, a third-round pick in the NFL is probably more valuable than a second-round pick in the NHL. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So. I mean, this is probably, probably my least favorite value pick just because 
of the unknown with the linebacker position. So I guess is it fair to really criticize the pick? I don't know because like it's the same thing of like being tight end bias for the Kincaid pick originally, but like I guess because we just truly do not know what they're going to do with that spot, how they're going to fill that void. I just find it bizarre that they kind of picked a tweener. Like they picked a guy that's really not a middle linebacker, but really could be an outside linebacker. And then you have Matt Milano. So I think it's an interesting pick because I think he does do a lot. And he can at least contribute on special teams of your weight. Because if you think about it, if Dobson or Bernard is the pick at, you know, that linebacker spot, I don't even know if I want to call it a Mike linebacker anymore, but if they're the pick at the linebacker spot, you have to think like those dudes play contributed a lot on special teams and they probably won't play that much special teams that they're starting on defense. So you need a guy that can replace that, those special team snaps. And we all know how important uh, the bills believe in special teams. Yeah. Special teams are bust, but now we move on to pick number 150, Justin Shorter wide receiver out of Florida. Uh, he's very excited to play here. I'm just going to start off with that. He already posted on Twitter an edit of him in a Bills jersey. Um, and you see the Bills, I mean, they're saying one more target for QB1. Um, so I, I'm I'm liking the adding receiver depth we're having now, where hopefully they use more of them. Like, I want to see Shakir used this season and whatnot. But, like, if if the injury bug does happen to nip us again, like there are players other than Jake Kumaro who ended up hurt and Crowder who ended up hurt that can step in and do Jake Kumaro still on our roster? No, he's a free agent. I think mm. Aaron Rodgers is going to request him over in uh, New York. I think he mm. might he might end up there, you know, with the yeah. wish list and whatnot. I want Jake Kumaro back. He still loves him. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. Shorter's he's what six four. I think he's like two hundred twenty something pounds. So he's a big target for mm-hmm. Josh to throw to. Um, use him as a deep threat. Um, I know, I think in college he had some issues with like contested balls at times, but I think overall, like he's someone that could develop into maybe like if Gabe Davis doesn't work out, he takes that spot next year. Like yeah. I could truly see that. Um, will he get a lot of reps and targets this year? Probably not because he'll probably, he'll be behind Diggs, Davis, Hardy, hopefully Kincaid. Knox, Shakir, um, Shakir. Sure, so maybe he doesn't get as many looks this year. Is Crowder but... still on the roster this year? No, no, he's gone. He was a one-year deal. I got gotcha. you. But yeah, no. Like I think if we can utilize having that big target, because a lot of our receivers aren't that big, so I feel like he could be a really nice red zone target. Pair him with, you know, Kincaid's big. Give Allen those big targets to throw to. Maybe give him an end around every once in a while. Barrel yeah, up the throw middle, that out there. The edge. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that was what in the 2018 uh, high school class was the number one receiver over Jamar Chase and you know Jalen Waddle. Like he he had real talent coming out of high school, just never developed into the college game. So I think you're betting a little bit on the potential that you know this guy just struggled in college, but in the pros with a pro coaching, he could get to his potential. Um, he's a He's kind of, to me, kind of like Trent Sherfield backup right now. Like a dude that's going to be a good blocker coming in, could probably win like 20 yards down the field in speed, but will not get – like he, I don't think he'll be able to get open in the first 20 yards of a route. Like he's one of those guys that's going to have to use his speed to accelerate past people. 
So I, I think that's the situation for Shorter. But it's it's an interesting pick if his potential cooks. He's apparently I believe he was a good gunner uh, in college as well. So if he could potentially get that spot opposite uh, Saran Neal, then all of a sudden you don't have to have Taiwan Jones active on game days uh, anymore. So I think that would be an interesting. Um, interesting thing to look out for because you know they're all about special teams but i do have to say i know we're going into the day three picks and it's going to go quicker the absolute level of disrespect by brandon bean for this draft was freaking incredible to watch i've never seen a gm <laughs> I, I i've never the only time i ever, ever really saw this was when jason barrel traded a seventh round pick for a seventh round pick ne- like the next year uh, but that was weird because it was nhl i've never seen a bills gm ever just punt and i really mean punt on, on a draft in day three, like Brandon Bean did. <laughs> he traded back this pick. I think they were 138. They traded back to 150 with Washington. They traded, well, they got the one an extra six from Washington. They traded that pick back to the seventh round. They traded their sixth round pick that they had back to the seventh round. And they really only picked two seventh round players because, I mean, I guess it was like they didn't want to fight over those guys for undrafted free agency. But I don't know. I just think that's wild to me. I also think it's wild that they also like potentially just got Houston's sixth round pick. Like, what are they doing? Like, that doesn't make like why would Houston trade their sixth round pick next year in a better draft? Like that they traded what? I think the two hundred fifth pick. Like the Bills potentially trade up forty spots in the next year's draft in a better draft class. Well, this is kind of insane to think about. This is just... like the movie Draft Day, except it's actually realistic. It's just stupid. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't – like, Houston, man, I, I think they fumbled the bag. Like, they got two really good players, but they also traded their first-round pick, which has a potential chance to be the, the best – the number one overall pick. I just think they – I just think they didn't know where they were in the rebuild, man. They're they're trash. I don't think – I mean, they Houston, are like, dude, dude, they Houston could, punting's they, not too far out of character. So. The Cardinals have a sincere chance of getting the first pick, the second pick, and then trading Kyler Murray. Like – you think they will trade Kyler Murray? If they got the first pick, yes. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. They had to like they had to pay like seventy million dollars in dead cap though because that contract. Well, we see how he works with the new coach GM, or new coach and figure it out from there. I feel like you know you gotta check it out. But now let's move. Maybe on you should have to... played baseball. <laughs> yeah, you could have played in Las Vegas now. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. like two thousand fans at their last game. <laughs> That's so boring. sad. Yeah. Bison's games are probably drawn more. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But now we move to pick number 230. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. I think that's the next one. Yes, it is. Sorry. You're correct. My, my little notes here. I, I scrolled the up guard and down. From and Ole Miss. The guard, Nick Broker from Old Miss. I mean, again, adding to the offensive line. And He's just a bigger guy, and he's got explosiveness and power. I mean, from what I've seen, like, I after these picks, I kind of just Google search, did a quick little search in a YouTube reel or whatever, you know what I mean? And then, I mean, he's a bigger guy. He's got explosiveness off the line. Again, just adding to the offensive line depth where we've struggled so much. And for the past, like, two seasons, we've been saying we need an offensive line to protect uh, number 17 back there. So, I, again, I'm happy about this. Brandon Bean, I mean, props to him on this draft because I, I think it's, I definitely think it's an A draft. What do you, what do you guys think? 
No, I mean, I think this pick is just adding depth and adding competition to the interior of the offensive line. Um, um, again, I really don't know much about him. I don't watch Ole Miss offensive lineman highlights, <laughs> but um, it seems like he was graded high that he could actually maybe make the team as like a backup, maybe more likely a practice squad player. Um, I know in recent drafts, the Bills have liked to um, draft offensive linemen late in the draft um, between like Tommy Doyle, um, um, blanking on the one guy's name. Jack Anderson. Yes, Jack Anderson. Thank you. Who uh, got picked up by Philly, I think. Um, even you could say Wyatt Teller mm, back many moons ago. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. So it's just something that add to competition. I know Bean loves that. Um, we'll see. I know like the, the his path to the roster, the 53 man roster is probably slim, but you know what? Just, it's nice to have guys in there that he'll probably be hungry to want to play as a sixth round pick, prove everyone wrong. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys that played left tackle in college, what they think is going to be guarded at the next level. But is he one of those guys that could potentially take up one roster spot and be your third tackle and fourth guard or something like that? Oh, That's yeah. Maybe what his potential is. But I don't think he's at it right now. I don't think he's going to challenge David Questenberry for the, the swing tackle position. And I don't think, what if we're doing it by, I don't think he's going to be able to challenge really David Edwards for the fourth guard position. So, I think it's practice squad all the way, but it's it seems to be like a decent pick. Um, you know, it's it was like a B kind of pick. So I mean, listen, in the seventh round, you're gonna get you're gonna get you know people that have potential to be on the practice squad for a little bit, and then maybe one day make an impact on your in your depths of your 53 man roster. Maybe never start. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, those guys like to get claimed though, so there's yeah. potential if he does well that it's not a good thing for the bills. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the next, the last, the final pick, the 252nd pick Alex Austin, cornerback from Oregon state cornerback. I mean, again, definitely a, a depth need, I guess when you think about it, because again, the injury bug last year really kind of showed everyone we need to have more than a couple people, uh, as backups here. Otherwise we're going to have some issues. Um, I mean, I I didn't watch too much on him because, you know, it was towards the end of the draft and whatnot. But from what I can see, I mean, he does best in a zone defense. That's kind of what people said in short areas. Like, that was kind of the consensus, I guess. So, I mean, that's the defense the Bills like with Frazier. I don't know how much that's going to change with McDermott, um, but we shall see. I, I If they stick with zone, I guess that's a fit for him. But then again... Is he starting on day one? Probably not, because <laughs> I, I think we'd have to wait for knocking on wood here. He would have to wait for injuries to happen to really kind of make make a statement on the field. But what do you guys think? Yeah, like I said, just adding competition during training camp. Yeah. yeah. Just I adding know. depth and using, like Dom said earlier, probably a guy that maybe they feel like could have gone undrafted, but they just want to pick up so that they guarantee that they get him rather than competing against uh, the other 31 teams to try and sign them. Yeah. I mean, he seems mostly like a private squad player, but it's kind of Christian Benford 2.0 of a guy that has good ball skills, maybe converts to safety at one point. So um, just seems to be a guy that they, they're trying to take a shot on and see if 
you know, Ben Farouk was what a sixth round pick out of Villanova. So yeah. that was kind of a shot in the dark that he even made the roster, let alone start week one. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to start week one, but there's maybe the dark harsh chance that he, you know, fights his way onto the team through special teams. Cause again, Bills love them special teams. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are the Bills draft picks. Again, overall consensus from PFF, I believe, was an A. I'm going to just keep rolling with that because I think it's an A. I I mean, at the end of the day, I, I like it. I think Brandon Bean really, again, showed what he can do as our GM and, you know, in the draft and get some players, solid players that can add depth and start on this team earlier in the first round. So, um, no, I'm, I'm happy with it. Overall, I mean, what do you – before we get more into the draft picks, I do want to let's let's go into the more people the Bills are bringing on along with the draft picks. They signed the other day. They signed Latavius Murray running back, which good. Let's add more running backs just in case. Right. Like that. And he's a solid. It was just to a one year deal. Solid veteran running back presence. You want to add um, great pickup. What do you I mean? What do you guys think? I mean, he's he's pretty solid in his career, so I, I'm pretty happy with it. I'll say two words on the signing. Veteran leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I truly don't see, like, I don't see him making this roster. Like, I think Cook is a lock. Mm-hmm. I'd say Naheem Hines is a lock. And Damian Harris. Harris mm-hmm. And then Taiwan Jones would be a special teamer. Like, I don't see where he fits in. Like, I don't see them adding, keeping a fifth running back. Like, I truly think he's just here for the training camp and preseason as a vet. I mean, he's like 33 years old. I know he had 700 yards last year for Denver, but I just don't see him being more than just the vet for these young guys because we, I mean, overall have a young running back room. So I think yeah. he's probably a good presence to have. I mean, I, I support all veteran signings in the offseason for training camp and preseason. And then parting ways. Yes, they sign Ara for the season. Yeah, I'll say this though. So Tywin Jones is actually unsigned, which I forgot about. But mm-hmm. he's, the, the point oh. is was shorter. But but I do either way. Latavius Murray is not playing those special teams. Well, no, he's not. But I think there's a chance he makes the roster if Damien Harris vomits on himself. And I don't think Naheem Himes is a certified. <laughs> cer- I don't think Naheem Himes is a certified lock. Like I think there could be some stuff happening there too. So. I like it. It adds competition. He's a power back. He still has juice as he showed last year. So why not? Like if he shows up in training camp and just kind of eats like, all right. I mean, he's kind of a guy that you could also run with for like a month if injuries happen as well. So worst comes to worst, he goes on your practice squad. And as you said, Michael, another veteran in in the room for a relatively young running back room. So yeah, I, I like, I like the move for depth purposes. Yeah, yeah. I and then well, the next. It's, it's it. This pick is, but I think like signing Latavius Murray is better than spending a day three pick on a running back in my mind. I would agree with yeah, that. I'd say that's it. what the, that's what technically what the trade off was when being called as agent is like. Well, either sign you or we'll draft someone. They're like, all right, we'll sign. Well, Sweet. I mean that was pretty good trade off. Nice yeah, what a nice guy. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of this organization though? I mean, let's be real. Puna okay. Ford wants to be a part of this organization. He does. He does. Puna wants to. Um, and that's again another big DT. That's so encouraging, still. That like, he t- like people want to still come here because they think they can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I just I think that's like. Zero. What'd you say? What'd you say? I just wish he could have worn number zero. 
That's our no, buddy God. Naheem. Had that's, 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 oh, over zero. Oh, no. Mike oh. would lose. I don't Mike, think DTs Mike can would, wear. Never I think Mike DTs again. don't have the luxury of wearing uh, whatever number they want. I think it's just edges. Edges. Yeah. Linebackers. Oh Imagine and, a big beef DT. boys get beef boys matter, man. Beef, beef boys. boys matter, dude. That man would be huge in a number zero. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> Mike. We'd probably 11, never see Mike again if they if they allowed that to happen. Five eleven, like three ten. I want to say this dude is a massive human being. Yeah, dude can fill in for when um. Daquan Jones, if he needs a break or if he gets hurt or something, because I feel like the this team has always had like that one big run stuff in DT, and they never have another one. So they finally have that second one. Because well, I don't know if I trust Daquan Jones to play an entire year without getting hurt just because of his age. And then I mean Jordan Phillips is a big body, but like he's more of like a rushing DT who gets like one game where he'll get like four sacks, and then he'll just be out with like a hamstring the rest of the season. Thing. So expose him. Yeah. Whoa. Mike coming in hot. <laughs> I mean, it's my wrong. No. No, you're not wrong. Like the Bills, <laughs> Bills have not had very good one tees. And then they got one Daquan Jones. And then you saw what happened when he missed that Bengals game. They just got freaking pounded because they didn't have a backup. Mm-hmm. They thought Tim Tuttle was going to be it, but Tim Tuttle was kind of a tweener. So getting a dude that's a it's also interesting because he graded out really well in PFF for his first four years. Last year, he struggled because he, they, Seattle switched to like a three-four defense, so he was a nose tackle. And I don't think that worked out too well for him. But if they, you know, going back to a four-three, him playing the one tech, dude can also like, he's a beef man against the run, but he could also push the pa- pocket in in the pass rush as well. So I don't know. I think I think this is an exciting possibility for both the pass and the run and. Honestly, I think I think the ha- you know the concern after the draft was they didn't add anyone on the defensive line. I still would like them to sign a veteran edge rusher, but getting a big man in the middle, I think that the happiest person right now has to be at Oliver. I mean, contract year, contract year juices, and now you have two probably legit one tees. So it's not like he's on the field and Daquan comes out and it's Tim Settle who's not good in the role. And it's like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> No, you're gonna get the big, the big, the big man come comes back. That you know, just rotation of big men. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you're gonna see him no matter what because that defense is like, it's like a piston in an engine. It's just churning and churning. Like it, it, they keep rotating in and out, in and out, in and out. So, I think it's a great pick. I really, I as much as we can do to beef up this defense, I'm all for it. I, I think we've got to get back to the point where, you know. In the beginning of last season, before the injury bug, we were just, you know, the pass rush was just four guys and we were breaking through like it was a blitz. I mean, we got to just get back to that. And with Von Miller being healthy, I think that'll be easier as well. Uh, but if we had a stacked defensive line and Von and Groot on the outside, I mean, come on, like unstoppable. Well, I mean, I think they have very good edge run defenders and they were very good defending the edges. Mm-hmm. They were not, they were one of the worst teams in the NFL when people ran straight off straight guard on them. Yeah. So adding a guy, adding a big boy that could another guy that can eat up blocks and free up the defensive line around them to make plays up the middle. Also free up the linebackers. I mean, if you're going to roll with Bernard and Milano or someone, I mean, with someone paired with Milano who's under little, not undersized, but not as big as Tremaine and not, you know, wouldn't consider them to be huge. Like having two of those type of like six foot linebackers that may be a little small and also running Terry Johnson out there as a, the third linebacker being the slot corner, like having, you know, big boys that can eat up blocks and, and keep those guys clean. I think it would also, yeah. 
be important for our boy Puna Ford. Oh yeah. No, and also I, this is a good dude that's pretty young too. So I mean I know it's a one year deal, but it's kind of the same situation with Taylor Rapp. Twenty seven, he'll turn twenty eight this year. Yeah, he's a guy that you know if he does well could potentially earn himself a second contract, but we'll see because he took less money to come here, so maybe he wouldn't do that. But yeah, I think he wants he wants he his, wants the he wants ring. He wants the hardware. If he gets the hardware, he him. might give it to him for more than one. So I think we got to prove it to him with the hardware. But just um, Dom, a quick question for you. Oh God, you know you're in the market for New Jersey this year. <laughs> any any. Any players in the draft, or are you getting like a Puna Ford? Like, like anyone to stand out to you? Kincaid, come on. Yeah, I, I mean, like, the first round pick. Yeah. Well, I definitely am not getting Puna Ford because that's a one year contract. Definitely not getting Latavius Murray. Yeah, I think Kincaid would be. I don't know. I don't love the number eighty six. I think that's kind of a mid number. I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of kind of sick for tight end. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm. No, it's not. We both can wear tight end jerseys. I got Knox's. I got eighty eight. Better number. Knox. What's the better number? Eighty eight. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. 86 is mid. It's no. mid. 87 is better than that. Well, 87, you immediately think Gronkowski, Kelsey. Who is 87 like on our team? That's a great question. I don't think I don't anyone. I don't think that seven. number's taken. Let me, let me, let me do a just quick think want, I just think he won. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. Kincaid may be the pick, but I don't know. I get weary of picking rookies because, you know, Michael, my brother, got Epinesa. That didn't turn out too hot. But I don't know. The two jerseys I have, Shady McCoy and Tremaine Edmonds, are, were both Pro Bowl players with the Bills. So, you know, I do have pretty good luck with jerseys. And, you know, my favorite jersey is my boy Jeff Skinner. He yeah. just had an 80, what, an 80 point season. So mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a jersey jinx. I'm, you know, so I have to really carefully think this through of who I want to elevate. Yeah. No one is number 87, by the way. I just I did that, so I don't know why he didn't nab eighty seven. I would come on. Well, because he wore eighty six in college, so yeah, of yeah, yeah. I guess I I understand it. But it's now your own legacy with eighty six. Don't be these followers. You know all these quarterbacks that wear number twelve. How original! I mean, Aaron Rodgers switches number. Yeah, you know, even though Joe Namath gave a prediction. You know, like really, come on, pick a different number than twelve. So original. Um, Tight ends, really. Gronkowski's eighty seven. Um, Kelsey's 87. Come on, 86. Legacy. I think stop it with 86. 86 is not a good number. I think stop, stop trying to make 86. I like 86. Stop trying to make 86. You could get him with the draft number, the number one, and then his name on the back. That's stupid. I'd rather get 86 than doing the draft. If you don't want 86, we all know who has the cleanest number on the roster. Okay. Digs at 14. What do you say? He said digs at fourteen, and then you go Naheem Hines, which is zero, and you know he just he just sat. I don't know. I think Allen at seventeen is pretty clean too. Yeah, yeah. I like James Cook at twenty-eight. Four is gross. All right. Four is such like a James Cook. James Cook Acres number or something. Four is now Taylor Hall's number, or twenty-eight is now Taylor Hall's number, and then that's what What? switched James Cook. Taylor Hall. Why, who am I thinking of? Who's the who's the the cornerback we picked up? Oh, I know who you're talking about. It's Hall, isn't Taylor, it? Taylor Hall is a hockey Taylor player. Rapp, Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp. Oh, what am I thinking? Seventy-one. Taylor no, Hall. No. He's number four with the, the Sabers. He's seventy-one in Boston. Taylor Born Rapp. Nine in New Jersey. Yeah. He's had a 
the corner from set of numbers. Number LA four for a winger. That's gross. Oh my eh. god. Kind of gross. Honestly. All right. All right. Four is such a defenseman's number. We are going to now. I had I, to I, agree on that. Yeah, like it's gross for a forward. It is kind of, I do have to kind of agree. Anything like one through four is kind of a defensive number. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm just All waiting right. for the day a skater wears number one. Good lord. Oh my god. Is that even allowed? Like, can a skater know. wear number one or number three? No, why don't you look up the rules? Because you know him so you, you care about him so much. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, fellas, looking at the draft, what was the what would you say the best value pick the Bills made? I think right. I'd have to say Osiris. Like Torrance in the second round. Yeah. Torrance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Easy. Close. No. Torrance is easy. He was, yeah, like you said, mocked to us at 27. And then here he is in the second round. We grab him still. So no. the best overall pick for the Bills. What are we thinking? Um, I think Kincaid, just based on what he can Kincaid based offer. Talent. Just stealing. Yeah. I think what he could, I think how we could change how the off, how much of a difference maker he could make. Because yeah, the Bills had a really good offensive season compared, like with a lot of statistics. But I don't know, it just felt like the Bills were kind of wonky. Like it always felt like, you know, yeah. they'd always get in like weird spells where it was like really there. I see, like it was the, uh, I think the perfect example truly is the Minnesota Viking game, mm-hmm. where at the end of it you see Josh do for three hundred yards and they ran the ball pretty well, but it was like they just didn't do anything. In the third, in the fourth quarter, until that last drive to kick that field goal, it was kind of like, I know that's one of those games where like they just had a lull. Same thing with the Browns game, like the first half of the Browns game was just oh my terrible. god, that was so bad. <laughs> there was low. I mean, the, the second half of the Detroit game was bad too. So I mean, the the Bills had a lot of a lot of times where it was like they just cannot move the ball, like in these like short passing games or whatever. And I think Duncan Cade will be a guy that you could just throw the ball and he'll get four yards. Like he'll be yeah. open. You know, he'll get tackled maybe, but it's a four-yard gain. You'll stay on schedule. The Bills need to stay on schedule. He, he's um, a bigger Cole Beasley because that's what Bees used to be. He used to be that guy that would, you know, get you the four yards you needed, like 30. Beasley was reliable in his yeah. prime with the Bills. Yeah, so if Kincaid can kind of bring that reliability. With better hands. With better hands. With better hands, yeah. Because Beasley's hands were a little sus sometimes. Yeah, yeah. he had some bad drops. Yeah. He had some bad tip picks. Remember the for the first mm-hmm. game with, when – the CJ Mosley pick six. Oh yeah. And the, <laughs> the Steeler game on Sunday football where like they threw like Jeez. a 20 yard post route to him and it went off his hands and the safety picked it. Yeah. Or how about another mm. example? Well, Monday night football this year against the, the Bengals, a little mm. high and outside third and three goes off the hands. So I don't want to, I'm not trying to crap on Cole Beasley, but the dude's hands were questionable has really at times. Good hands. Elite yeah. hands, they say maybe the yeah. best. Good. Yeah, throw him in the slot. Throw yeah, that guy seriously. The I mean, that's that's what we needed. That's what we were missing last year. I, mean, I got to get some tips from him, you know, not drop balls. Mm-hmm. You know, when I can yeah. beat Michael. Yeah, totally. Coming from the guy who says he can field an NFL punt. Oh my god. I listen. I got I got as close to Matt or uh, Matt Hawk as I could. All right. So, I, I mean, when we were when we were practicing it, but now let's just let's 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 get the negative Nelly flowing. All right. Let, let's 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 think here. What was the what was your least favorite pick of the draft for the Bills? Like who was like wanted to vom? Like when you heard the name, not um, really. There, I don't think there was no one, one that was that bad. But, but yeah, the biggest one I'd say is probably Dorian Williams, just because like he kind of fits into those linebackers that we already have. Like yeah, they're athletic, but like they're not. 
I mean, it's hard to replace Tremaine because he's like an athletic freak. He's just like as big as he was. Like it's hard to replicate with another player. Mm-hmm. But I think just like there's no like we have Terrell Bernard, Tarl Dodson, like AJ Klein. Like there's no one that's really like standing out that can take over as the starting middle linebacker. And like with Dorian Williams, it kind of just fits that mold of he can develop, but like he's not just a full-fledged starter yeah no, yeah i, I would agree with that agree with i that. don't i think that's my least favorite pick just because he's a tweener you don't know his role like gonna be on the defense you know he's gonna be a good special teamer i don't know i just feel like there the, the could have been a better like to waste a top 100 pick on a linebacker that may not play and doesn't have an obvious shot on the roster even a couple of years down the road after you drafted, kind of the same, you punted, did the same thing kind of last year. Let's see, we'll see what Bernard in year two. So, I don't know. I just don't like back to back third round picks, kind of on linebackers that may not even, they're just kind of weirdly positioned on your team. So, even if there wasn't a better player on the board, I probably would have even liked to see a trade down and get more value that way. But I think they were concerned with the run on linebackers in front of them, but he was going to get nabbed. Yeah, no, exactly. Like the, and I mean, the run on wide receiver in the first round. Yeah, that was, dude, that was, that, did you see that quote though? Like, Bean was like, Yeah, we didn't have first round grades on all those guys. So I was like, Dang, I wow. think I really truly believe that Kincaid was their second highest grade pass catcher behind um, Smith Jigba. Probably. I mean, it, it would make sense the way he was chatting about it, like he said. But I mean, you mentioned, you know, day one impact. And I think just, the pick, the pick that has the most day one impact on the roster is definitely Kincaid, I would have to say. I mean, er, mm, mm, yeah, as much as I want to say Torrance and guys on the O-line, it's it's easily Kincaid. If he's Overall like, usage will probably be Torrance. Yeah. Because I feel like Kincaid will probably get – I'm going to project his, his stat line here. He'll probably get like 40 to 50 targets. I so. think he's going to get like 30 catches for like 350 yards and like – I'll say I'll I'll stick with the theme of three and get three touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, I think I think day one, if Torrance gets the starting job, it's probably him because if he if he if he plays solid as a rookie guard, I think that's going to be really valuable. I think Kincaid has the greatest potential to have the biggest. He has the potential yeah. to have the biggest. But I think if you do like the high floor, the high floor pick is Torrance if he gets the starting job. But the high ceiling pick for this one would be Kincaid. Because, I mean, who knows? Maybe he just goes off and goes like for 600, 700 yards and scores eight tutties. Yeah. I mean, you never know. I mean, I I agree with that. I think that's kind of where the fork in the road was for me because I figured Torrance probably would get it. Pending a day one start, he's going to be out there making more of a difference. But yeah, Kincaid definitely has the higher ceiling. But. Speaking like like let's just chat more on that. How many draft picks make the opening night roster? Four. I would say King 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 Kincaid. Your first four picks are making the roster. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Dom, what do you think? Um, going less or more? Three. I don't. I don't know. I think shorter is like on the edge. I don't think he's going to be interesting. Because I think it's what Diggs, Davis, Hardy, Shakir, Sherfield. I feel like I'm missing someone. Am I? Diggs, Davis. No, I don't think so. Because K- 
Kumaro's gone. I got like this up. I definitely Crowder's gone. Yeah, one more. Per- I think there was. I thought there were six. Well, you brought up the fact that he's um, you know, he's a good gunner in college. Like maybe that gives him some value. No, no. If if I'm, I think I'm. I feel like I'm blanking on a dude's names. Let's see. Thanks, Davis. Hardy. No, I guess I. I guess I'm not. There's only. Yeah, because McKenzie is gone. Um. Never mind. Never mind. Four. I'll go four. I thought they're. <laughs> I think they're going to keep. No, but I, honestly, I think they're going to keep six receivers. And I thought I was blanking on another person, but it's like Keyshawn Johnson, and like yeah. one of those guys. So I think they had some undrafted guy they signed. Um. Reggie Wayne's oh, you're cousin. right. Reggie Wayne's cousin, Ravers or whatever. He's a, also apparently an elite gunner. So, I mean, there's oh, potential oh, where it's okay. in him. There's potential where it's three, but I think I think four. I think sure. I think he'll be the last receiver. Yeah. Okay. And then they they signed an undrafted running back, um, Mims. He's they said was um, highly uh, could be Rasheed could, could be Raheem Blackshear two point apparently. Yeah. Blackshear, yeah. like honestly, the Bills have had some luck with like. Those undrafted running backs just being like actually like decent. Antonio like, Williams. Yeah, yeah. Antonio Williams. Like, wasn't Carlos Williams undrafted? Or like a late round pick? I think he was a sixth round. Yeah. Either Dude, way, he, he had like that one season where he was. He, no, his rookie year, he was good. And he just came in him. overweight and just screwed himself. <laughs> um, Mike Gillisley. Yes. He actually Met Milano for us. Milano, thanks for um, what was the trade? Oh no, it was for Gillislee. So thank you for that. Thank you, New England. They got, a, they got a fifth round comp pick that. Um, yeah, thank you, Bill. Thank you, William. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, William. Bill it was the check. first time since the two thousand Oakland Raiders that a team took a kicker and a punter in the same draft. New England Patriots. They yeah. traded up for the kicker too. Who, who in two thousand? Quick trivia: Do you know who it was? Seabass was one of them, a first round pick kicker. And then wasn't it Shane Lecter? Mm-hmm. Shane Lecter. Oh, he was they were both good. They were I think they, weren't they both they were. all pros? They were. They're both very good. They had him for a long they time. Seabass was like a top 15. I'm pretty sure he was like the 11th overall pick or something. Seabass was a high pick for a kicker. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, overall, again, I give it an A. Dom, if you want to give your own grade, what would I you give it? A is too rich. A is too I rich. I think A. I just think with the mono- B plus. <laughs> I agree with that. I think it's like a B. Uh, B is probably too light. I'll give a B plus. I just think. I think quantity has to matter with your draft class a little bit, and the, as we just like said, they have four guys that we think are going to make the roster right now, and I'm not saying the other guys can't have punch to make the roster down the road and. I think the the guys that they that are going to be on the roster are going to have a pretty big impact, maybe day one. But I I don't know. I just don't think you could go super super high. Like listen, they I think they had good value. I think the fit on their picks are good. I think they improved their roster. I just can't give it higher than I can't get in the A tier because if you only have six picks and we think thirty three percent of them aren't going to make the roster, and then what? 50% probably aren't going to – I doubt Shorter might get activated on game day. So, what, half your picks are going to be guys that aren't even on the active roster. Williams is probably a backup, so that leaves 33% of your picks making actual contributions. Like, when it, it, it sounds, like, really pessimistic in that. But I, overall, I think it's a solid draft class. I think even the guys that 
may not make the roster, may not make an immediate day one impact, have have futures down the road at the positions they drafted in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And they but, also seem to have hit on their first two, like their second round pick and their first round pick, which I mean, they've done a good job hitting on their first round pick, but they struggled the second round picks recently. I think Torrance is going to be, I think he has potentially the best second round pick in, I guess, the Brandon Bean era because 2017 doesn't count. So Dion doesn't count. But yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I think so too. Who, who would be the best second round pick in McDermott's and uh, Bean's drafting? They didn't have mm-hmm. one in 18. Vanessa was twenty. Basham was Basham. Who was nineteen? Who am I blinking on? Last year was. Um, who was last year? Um, James Cook. James Cook. Oh, James, James Cook. Cook. Who was tw- Who was nineteen? Am I just blinking on who nineteen? I can't remember. Who was our first round pick in two thousand nineteen? At Oliver. Ed. Hang on, 2019. Well, Motor was Motor a third? Wasn't Motor a third? That third. was not. That was that draft. Who was second? Oh, Bust Cody Ford. Oh yeah, irrelevant. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, was. Was someone not on the roster anymore. Yep. Round two, pick 38, Cody Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. Yeah. So I mean, it, I think he's facing. I think it's in the last two drafts. I think he's had his best second round pick. So. Good job. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations, Brandon Bean. Both out for. Yeah. Without further ado, that's going to end it for this Bills edition of the Buffalonian podcast. We'll be coming at you later this week with some Sabres. And then, of course, we have the the Funky Friday Fun Times special episode every every Friday uh, with some Mike's Buffalo trivia on there. So be looking for that coming later this week. And without further ado, Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go 86. Go 86.